I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey guys, we got an ad. It's from superyaki.com. If you haven't been there yet, you really should go. It's this really cool website. You can go there. They have shirts for really great movies, also bad movies, but, you know, the movies that film Twitter says you shouldn't like, but they're a bunch of idiots because, of course, you like National Treasure. Of course, you think Judy Greer is awesome. Of course, you want pins with Sofia Coppola, which I think is down okay with film Twitter, and also Jordan Peele, definitely okay with film Twitter. Go to superyaki.com and buy your shit. I know Phil has a bunch of stuff from superyaki.com. I have a bunch of shirts. I've got a I've got a written and directed by Ryan Johnson shirt because I'm obviously a big uh, Last Jedi fan. Uh, they got great Crimson uh, Crimson Peak shirts, which is a fucking great movie that nobody talks about nearly enough. Uh, their shirts are really soft. They're eco friendly, water based inks. They ship with compostable poly mailers for environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. Uh, it's a great website. They're a great company. Uh, Karen Hahn, past and future guest, is uh, has a couple shirts that she's done with them as well, which is fantastic. Um, and as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at SUPERFRIEND at checkout. Can you believe this? You listen to our podcast and you get 10% off shirts and sweatshirts and pins and bags yep. from superyaki.com. This is a win-win yep. for everybody. And we get none of that. Zero. <laughs> Um, it's superyaki. That's S U P E R Y A K I dot com. See you at the movie. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's nineteen ninety nine. Podcast like it. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we sometimes completely destroy our format 
and turn the whole podcast into a game <laughs> based on Vanity Fair covers from 1999 here in 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. I'm Phil Liscove. And with us today is the inspiration for this break-in format. He is the host of the Screen Drafts podcast. He's the host of the Vidiots Trivia podcast. He invented, I believe, with Ryan. What's Ryan's last name? Uh, Ryan Marker. Marker. Ryan Marker, the Screen Draft podcast, which uh, is a fantastic podcast. It really has, like, it blasted open the doors of what you could do on a film podcast. We are stealing the format wholesale and only (laughs) slightly amending it. To create our own version, Clay Keller, thank you so much for coming. Uh, big fan of your work. Oh, man. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Phil. Uh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm glad you're already, like, subtly um, p- 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 putting the responsibility for breaking your show entirely on my shoulders. I would, um, I would you, you've, you've set me up beautifully as a, as a scapegoat if this goes badly. So I honestly think a lot of it rests on, I think, Kenny's enjoyment of my episode with Dana, quite frankly. Uh, all right. So Phil uh, did a, a podcast with two-time uh, guest on our show, Dana Schwartz. It's a great Dana Schwartz, um, one of our favorite people. And she just – it was a Winona Ryder movies. And she just handed Phil his own ass. She just you. grabbed that his is- ass with two hands. <laughs> And handed it over to him. And, uh, and no, no, they, they really went at it, which is, you know, and as I... I, I, I consider I, Reality Bites a fucking win, my friend. That, yeah, hey, That's man. true, yeah. Phil. That, 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 I mean, that, is, it, that, that gets lost in the fog of uh, <laughs> podcast, the fog of war. That's but, right. Um, That's right. At the, end of, at the end of the number four slot, Dana did self, or she, no, you, yeah. you did have to veto her. She offered she to veto herself. She self-vetoed. You you ended up vetoing her, and then she played reality. She did exactly what what yeah. Phil wanted to happen. Yeah, crazy like a fox, Phil. You came out of that fight missing. <laughs> your eye was your, your eye was hanging down, but I won from a nerd. But I won. Hey, but you won. So listen to that episode. It's the Winona Ryder episode of Screenjacks yeah. Podcast. Yeah. But yeah. today we're going to do a little something different on this podcast. If you can, if you have access to the internet, look <laughs> up the cover. A Vanity Fair from 1999. It's from uh, April 1999, the Hollywood issue. Mm-hmm. There are 14 up-and-coming actors on this cover. Uh, these actors are, in order, left to right, Adrian Brody, Tandy Newton, Monica Potter, Reese Witherspoon, Julia Stiles, Lily Sobieski, Monica Potter, Giovanni Ribisi. It's a question who's further left or right. They're really up and down. Um, Norman Reedus, Anna Friel, uh, Omar Epps, Kate Hudson, Vanessa Shaw, and Barry Pepper. What a murderer's row. You've heard. Yes, can I, can I jump in? Did, you said Monica Potter twice. Did yeah, you say Did you say Sarah Pauly? No, he did not. I don't think he did. All right, I, I just wanted to again. clarify that, that for for the Lily Sobieski, <laughs> Sarah Polly, mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi. This is going well so far. <laughs> what? I, look, I love I, I I love Monica Potter, but I, I just didn't want the the listening audience to think that Va- Vanity Fair was so all all in on Monica Potter <laughs> that they put her twice in the photo spread of the up and coming uh, Hollywood actors. We appreciate they, you. They did not. You saved the podcast once already. <laughs> <laughs> So what's going to happen? Broke it and saved it. <laughs> Bear with me. What's going to happen? You heard the 14 stars. Hopefully you wrote them down. 
Phil and Clay are he going definitely to... did not write them down. <laughs> write them down now. I'll wait. Let's go to an ad. Just kidding. You each will draft six stars out of the 14, meaning 12 will be drafted and two will remain undrafted. It's a snake draft, meaning one player will have picks one, four, five, eight, nine, and 12, and the other will have two, three, six, seven, 10, and 11. After each uh-huh. pick, I will do an overview on the actor, but I am not going to critique or commend the pick. That's not my role. I am strictly the play-by-play guy. Clay and Phil will have the opportunity to critique or commend the pick. Then they will each draft. Once they, they'll continue to lay six players each. At the end, they'll have the opportunity to make trades or drop an actor in favor of one of the, one of the two unpicked actors. And then their casts will be set. Oh, casts? Casts, you say? What are we drafting for? We are drafting for a major 2021 production starring these six actors that you have drafted. Now, what production? That's up to you. Now, full disclosure, I sent an email to Clay where I said it could be anything, but it can't be anything because I will be having each of these players pick from a list of 56 genres blind what movie, what genre they will have to fit this cast into. You'll see. I don't know what this means. This is this is a. Can he decide to pull a? Bear uh, with it. An audible based on on a picture of Ashley Lyle, former guest. Uh, (laughs) She did, but relate to me by Phil. Phil was fully aware of this. Okay. At the end of the at the at the end of this podcast, you will be pitching out your movie, which each with each actor in each role. Um, I will make. I wish you could see Clay's face right now because Clay was like moderately prepared, and now this is just like that. The winner is completely subjective. I will not be call. I will not be calling a winner. The winner will be done entirely on Twitter at the end. You will give the title of your movie, and then we will vote for it on Twitter. And the person who wins gets a win in the win column. The loser gets a loss in the loss column, and we'll do it again with the two thousand cover next week or whenever we pull our shit together. Um, that is the game. Oh my god! All right, all right. Okay. I mean, Too I think I, okay. Do you yeah. have any thoughts or you have any questions, gentlemen? I, yeah. I mean, look, Kenny. I could ask you just to say that all six more times, but I feel like it would be more time effective just to. I will just help to start. you through. I will help you through. This is our first time. I understand now, most now of I feel, this. I man. think that the. I, I mean, here's what I'll say. Kenny sent us an email that walked us through this. And when I read that email, I was like, this all makes sense. And then I was texting with past and future guest Ashley Lyle. And she was like, you know what you should do? You should make it so that you can't build your pitch before this game. To which I say, I kind of get that. But then I'm also like, the pitches are going to be shittier. So it's sort well, of that's, this okay, so, yeah, where, so like, that, yeah. yeah, that's I kind appreciate it. That's I appreciate. Guys. That's, it does, yes. No, I'm not, not going to try the podcast. But let's yeah. see what happens. Okay. I'm not going to try and and change your mind, um, uh, Kenny. I will here's just what, say here's, that. Here's what I'll say for to because I agree with you here, Clay. Especially since like you know, I like to think that I've built a career on pitching and doing That's this, right. so I don't really That's love right. stage, the brother. idea of of this. But I also feel like. I can probably sort of retrofit some stuff and I don't imagine it's going to fuck too much with it to some degree or another. And we'll just see. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll just see. We'll just see. Okay. Uh, You know, I had, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Are are we going to, okay. So wait, are we going to be getting our, um, one of 56 genres 
before we start picking or is that at the end? You are, I actually made a mistake. You're going to be getting one of your 59 genres right now. Okay. okay. What's happening? All right. <laughs> okay. Who would like to go first? As the guest, we'll let Clay go first. Clay, please pick a number between one uh-huh. and 59. Uh, uh, 36. This is not that hard of a, of a genre. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Okay. Clay, you will be casting a fantasy film. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. All right. <laughs> one through 59. One through 59. God, I hope you get a fun one. <laughs> Don't say 36. It's fantasy. <laughs> you can't say 36. We will never use 36 again. Um, okay. I'm going to pick... Eight. You got a great one, Phil. Okay. This sucks. <laughs> Phil, you will be casting a buddy comedy. Oh, a buddy comedy. That's not All right. Um, that is not what I wanted. And do you guys want to hear what the 59 genres are? No, we'll save them. Okay. And now to decide who's going to pick first. Clay as our guest. Yes. The first person to miss this question loses. Name one of. Name one of. Name one of. Are, are there multiple answers and we're alternating until someone can't come up with one? That's correct. Okay. And one of the 10 actresses on the first ever Vanity Fair Hollywood issue from 1995. One of the 10 actresses. Um, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is correct. Phil. Oh, man. Um, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron was 12 years old in 1995. You are incorrect. <laughs> so, right. Clay, would you... Would you <laughs> Clay, Wait, would Charlize you like, isn't... No, Charlize isn't that young. She, She's she got to be made, in her 40s. She had not made her film debut in 1995. No, no, no. no. Yes. Um, Clay, would I think you like Uma to was on there, right? Uma, I'll give you. The, I'll give you the ten. The ten were Uma was. For Uma's sure. been on twice. Charlize, Charlize is on a cover. I just wasn't oh no sure doubt. Jennifer and Jason I, Lee, Uma Thurman, Nicole Kidman, Patricia Arquette, Linda Fiorentino, Gwyneth, Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> Julianne Moore, Angela Bassett, and the great Sandra Bullock. Oh, man, Clay, Fiorentino. Hell would yeah. you like to? Would you Fiorentino's like to pick first or second? Okay, so this is so this is where you yeah. you said that you were stealing my format wholesale. Uh, it would actually be more correct to say that actually what we're doing here, uh, what, we're, what, what you guys have done for your Vanity Fair game, is is an actual draft. The way we use the word draft right. makes absolutely no sense, I, and I it confuses every single guest who comes yeah. on. Uh, it was just the word <laughs> I went with, and now we're two years in, and I can't change it. Um, Took me a while to figure out what you guys are doing, but now I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so no, so and and this is a, like like a normal fantasy type draft where we are starting with the with the top picks, right? You will pick your yeah, you, number one pick, and then Phil gets two and three, or the opposite. Phil takes one, and you get two and three. Okay, and we I are hate doing the genre that I'm doing. It is completely ineffective to this cover. Just for Love the record, I was gonna say this is this. the least funny. This is the least. I was just gonna say this is the least comedic fucking group of people. People that have Not ever true. been on this. I can already there see are a two bunch. comedians. There are two of them. Well, I hope you get them both. Um. I, I feel bad for who whoever gets the uh, cover that had like Harrison Ford and Jack Nicholson, and they can't do a buddy. 
Uh, well, they won't have to because the yeah, buddy of comedy is done. It's but, done. Can- okay, and 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 okay. So I I mean I think it's pretty obvious if I'm trying to mount a major film in for the year 2021, who I should pick. There's sort of a Michael Jordan in terms of stardom. I, I want to say one other thing, Clay, before group. you start. Uh, yeah. Budget is of no consideration. Um, you have unlimited budget and you have unlimited access to all the IP in history. Okay? Oh this can God. be anything you, you didn't, want. Kenny, didn't ever occur to you that some of these details might it might, might be good to have ahead of time to prepare? I came up with this 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> so I had I had a fantastic horror comedy pitch that was perfect, perfect. Oh, you yeah, can for this group of it. people. There's no question. You I had a, I had a great fucking remake that was a space drama that would have been fucking great, <laughs> and you put me in a fucking box now. Like it's not. I mean, these rules. I know all you're right, enjoying right. it, I'm, but right, like right, it's right. not you, enjoyable. You know, you know what? You know what? Because no, don't back not, down. We're, I just want to no, complain no, I'm, the entire I'm not, time. I'm not backing down, but because it's okay. our first time, I'm going to do something very unorthodox. I'm <laughs> going to give you the, the guys the option to trade. If you'd like to trade your genres, because it sounds like a space drama can fit into fantasy, and it sounds like a horror comedy can fit into buddy comedy. So if you guys want to trade, I will let that happen this one and only time. It it would be easier to to genre fraud my idea into a quote unquote buddy thing and just say that two of the characters are are buddies. Yeah, I mean, Although I don't know, I don't know, Kenny. I'm I, I'm going to think about the longevity of your game. If you want to say that like fantasy is kind of like sci-fi, I feel like now we're eliminating possible future genres. Did you say sci-fi get... or did you say space? Tree said space. I said space. You can right, so, that, that could be yeah, that could be some wizards in space. Um. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I want the challenge. I, full disclosure, fantasy is probably my least favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you mentioned that on Mine too. Mine too, buddy. I hate so it. So I just, I don't know if my brain will be able to conceive of a fantasy idea. Let's I just do don't, I don't, do, have, I don't have those do ingredients. The, let's do the trade. We should swap, Clay. Let's do the swap and let's, right. let's, let's pick, our, pick our spots. And let's keep this train rolling. All right, all right, fair enough. Okay, so, uh, uh, so, 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 Philip, I accept uh, the uh, Kikenny's offer uh, to swap. Great. Um, I will do a buddy film, uh, and uh, and you can do a fantasy film. Uh, you're very good at fantasy. You made a very, very good fantasy skewed uh, television That's show. True, I, man. I appreciate that. Um, you made a, you made a uh, show. That fits into so many of these genres, Phil. That's true. It was a it was a buddy comedy fantasy show. <laughs> Fifty four of my fifty nine genres could have fit into Sleepy Hollow. Well, that's, I'm that's not going to say what any of them are, though. But fifty four Sleepy All Hollow. All right, look. Uh, okay, en- Clay, enough screwing around uh, with the number one pick. I have to take Reese Witherspoon. I have Got to. It. I have to. And my right. and my idea is just going to be Hot Pursuit, but with a different title. All right. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon goes with the number one pick to Hot Pursuit with a different title. <laughs> <clears throat> Reese is number um, one. Oh, no, I have to do my play-by-play. Do it, do it. Reese is number one on anyone's draft boarding for good reason. After an interesting career as a young actor, starring in films like Freeway, Fear, and Pleasantville, <laughs> Reese delivered a knockout combo in 1999 with the seminal Cruel Intentions and the career-making legendary role of Tracy Flick in Election. From there, Reese had a steady 21 unbroken, 21 year unbroken climb to world domination with iconic roles as varied as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde and her Oscar winning turn as June Cash to the real life role 
of Cheryl Strayed in the Labor of Love film Wild, which she also produced. Reese has become such a bankable movie star that it's a shock when one of her films don't deliver. Recently, Reese has turned to TV, starring and producing in three prestige series for three different networks in Big Little Lies, Little Fires Everywhere, and The Morning Show. <laughs> she was God. also in Home Again, which is great. <laughs> All right. Wow, Phil, that was you, amazing. Phil, do you have any feelings on this pick? How do you think Clay did with the first overall pick? I, I mean, I, it's she's number one with a bullet, right? I mean, I think on some level, it's like, I'll be, I'll be completely honest though. She was not my number one um, because she doesn't fit into the movie that I want to make. Love Reese Witherspoon. um, And, and the, the bankability of your movie is exceedingly higher than mine because Reese Witherspoon is in it. You you got to feel good about yourself, Clay, that you took Reese Witherspoon. I would say, yeah, the, the 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 most obvious bona fide movie star in this list. I, I yeah, yeah I feel great about Reese. Uh, she was the biggest star at the time, and she has remained the biggest star. Uh, she fits very 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 well into my pitch, which will now have a buddy comedy element to it. Um, and uh, but I kind of feel like if you can get Reese, uh, in looking at this group particularly today, if you can get Reese. You get her, you find a spot for her. That's, that's, that, that's, that's how I feel. You, you can't argue with the man's logic on that one, Phil. I can, and I wouldn't. But you did. Well, All right. A little bit. But you can tell I'm, I'm wearing a Cruel Intentions uh, shirt. So my, my, my Cruel that... Intention from the beginning was to, <laughs> was to, get, was to get Reese on, on say, my Here's cast. the thing. And, and you're gonna, it's going to become abundantly clear when I do my next two picks for two and three. Um, I, I just, there was no, Kenny will understand when I do it and I'll explain myself, but Reese was not, she was not my number one. Right. Phil, I'm just, I am fascinated to see how you think you're going to to, to mount a space fantasy movie with, with, with Anna Friel and Norman Reedus at the, uh, <laughs> at the helm. So I, 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 um, I have he's figured paying, out. He's paying for that, Phil. I, I, I think this Kenny, is great, guys. Kenny's paying for it. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's actually a co-production between Paramount and Fox, guys. But um, I, uh, I I know what to do for future things. Mm, great. Our guests will pick it before, a day before. They'll pick their, their genre great. a day before and then have a yeah. day to come up with it. Great. You guys have no time to come up with it, so you get to fudge <laughs> this. Get sure. You get to yeah. fudge this a little bit. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Clay. Yeah. Great work with the first pick. Do you Thank feel you. good about your team right now? Look, I don't know how you couldn't. Um, I've got... <laughs> I've I look I've got this I've got the franchise player uh, that's right s- secured and then um, you know I, I don't want to give away too much about my strategy going forward but um, if I've got Reese Witherspoon uh, at the you know at the at the number one spot I feel like I I can get anyone else to fill in the the, the rest of my roster and uh, and and it'll work all right so I let's go I, I, oh go ahead I, I just want to say that I. And this is perhaps the, the genius of the game that Kenny has devised here and, and is actually kind of the best part of this cover is that this group of people can be manipulated into either a box office friendly movie or my movie. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, I can't yeah. fucking wait for the end of this game. Oh, and, and, and just talking about this cover, just a, just a little bit more context for everybody if you're not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is, in contrast to the other 15 or 16 years of this thing, yeah. easily the most, in retrospect, character actory. Like, 100%. Reese Witherspoon is a movie That's star true. 
the rest of these people, aside from maybe Kate Hudson was a movie star for a little while, yep. are 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 very much like role players and and turned out to be like in a lot of weird indie movies. Sarah Polly became a documentary director. Like it, it, you could do a lot of strange director. stuff, and none of these people are really in you know stardom boxes where you cannot think of them as other things you this is a very serious very very weird interesting that's a very interesting point, group Claire. here it's true it's very I'm, true i'm very interested to see how you guys manipulate <laughs> and use these players actors uh-huh, uh-huh. for your benefit uh-huh. so i'm gonna yep. go ahead and i'm gonna okay, ask okay. phil for the second pick of the draft yep. the second pick of the draft second pick of the draft uh there was there was no question who my number one was going to be. We share a birthday from the same city. Sarah Polly is my number one. Sarah Polly. <laughs> Sarah Polly. <laughs> Canada's own Sarah Polly burst onto the scene with a role in Adam Egoyan's school bus crash film, The Sweet Hereafter. But it was in 1999 with. <laughs> When is, people is recognize- that one of the fifty nine genres, Kenny? School bus. <laughs> I, I changed my mind. I would like to make a. I would like to make a school bus crash film. You know, you know, it's Clay. I honestly was, was trying to put like transportation <laughs> disaster on there. It just felt too narrow. But uh, but <laughs> let me continue. But it was in nineteen ninety nine when people recognized what a unique talent she is as she started Go, Existence, and Guinevere. Notoriously selective about her roles, Polly would continue to act during the arts and productions like. My Life Without Me, Dawn of the Dead, and Splice, as well as HBO's John Adams and Canada's Slings and Arrows. But in 2006, she wrote and directed her first feature film, Away From Her. This brought star Julie Christie an Oscar nomination. Polly then wrote and directed Take This Waltz, the transcendent personal documentary stories we tell, and the CBC and Netflix series based on Margaret Atwood's novel, Elias Grace. Sorry, Elias, Elias Grace. Polly hasn't acted in a film since 2010, but her career as a director is still blooming. Yeah, Sarah Clay, Polly. Clay, what are your thoughts on this pick? Uh, I mean, I love Sarah <laughs> Polly. I, 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 I think she's fantastic. Um, uh, again, I am, I am questioning uh, bankability, and maybe the only person who would have been equally as good for my joke to Anna Friel would have been Sarah Polly. But I really, I admire. <laughs> I admire Phil's um, uh-huh. um, loyalty yep. to his his hometown and his home country, and I think uh, you know at least at, at this time, uh, Sarah Polly would have been one of the most interesting uh, actors on this cover, and I'm sure remains a very interesting uh, uh, performer. And I'd love to see what she does after ten years, you know, after ten years off. Oh, yeah, did that come into play for you at all? The fact that she hasn't acted in a feature film or even a television show in the last ten years? I, uh, you know, it didn't really bother me. Um, I, uh, I was pretty, uh, you know, I think that this project. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This movie's fucking bonkers. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's going to work. And now there's a fantasy. Movie yeah, is now bonkers. there's a fantasy element too. Yeah, so. You know, it's kind of hard to say, but I think that there's, here's what I think she brings, Clay, is she brings indie cred and the writer director that I have attached to this project as well, I think is, is, is significant. And it's not her. You know, and it's not her. No. Is it, is, is it you? No. (laughs) You're talking about yourself. (laughs) It's not me. It's not me. I promise. (laughs) I'm just producing this movie. Uh, And, and. 
you know, a little little inside baseball on this uh, this podcast. We just, did just do our episode on Guinevere. We did. We, we did. do have Sarah Polly on the brain. We did. We did spend two hours just talking about what a transcendent talent she is. Mm-hmm. So this pick isn't as crazy to me as it may be to you, Clay, or to um, people who haven't heard our Guinevere the, episode. <laughs> the, the average Joe off the street. Yeah. However, yeah. I do think it was a bold pick, Phil. I, I do commend you for yeah. your vision. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed there's another Canadian actor on this list that people may not realize is Canadian. And uh, I wonder if you're going to pick that person um, moving forward, though I doubt you will pick that person with the third pick. Clay, yes. if you have uh, no other comments or queries, uh, <clears throat> we'll let Phil go ahead and take the first pick of the second round, the third pick overall. I uh, uh, no, my only query is what what is Phil going to select with the number three pick? Or who? So my, my number three um, is uh, an actor that I really love who has, I think, is having a bit of a, 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 a I don't want to say a renaissance, but is, you know, is, is having a moment, I think, a little bit. Uh, my number three is Tandy Newton. Um, I, uh, I think she's great. She's perhaps the best thing on Westworld. I really like Evan Rachel Wood as well, but I just, I have my issues with Westworld. But I think that Tandy is, uh, I don't know if you read her, her recent Vulture interview that she did about a month or so ago, where she just kind of went, off on on the industry as a whole. I just think she's awesome. I, I think she's just, uh, I think she's super cool. Um, and uh, I, I think she'll be a great uh, co-lead to uh, to Sarah Pauly wow. in my uh, in my film. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the film. Pa- let's go to the package real fast, guys. All right. <laughs> Andy Newton, this British actress, did not have a film in 1999, but she did star in 1998's Beloved, which was a career-making performance even if the movie underperformed. Off that performance, Newton was immediately cast as a female lead in John Woo's Mission Impossible 2. And two years later, in Jonathan Demme's The Truth About Charlie, a commercial feature success eluded Newton for well over a decade, causing her to look towards TV after a recurring role in ER and starring roles in The Short-Lived, The Slap, and The Little Scene Rogue, Newton burst, Newton burst back onto the scene as a robot host, Maeve in Westworld winning an Emmy in 2017 mm. and leading to an important role in 2018 solo. Newton is currently as hot and in demand as she's ever been in Hollywood. Uh, Phil, I think the, the video package likes the pick. I think, you, I think, I think the, uh, I yeah, think the, I feel, the I feel really good about together this together makes yeah. you think that this is still even 20, 23 years into the industry of actress mm-hmm. on the rise. hundred percent. I think that she's, I mean, I, I don't know what to say other than I think that she's, great i think she can kind of do anything and i think that she's been slept on for a while and that people haven't really and i think that westworld has sort of opened up people's eyes to the fact that she's still a fucking movie star clay how do you feel about this pick did this uh did this affect your strategy in any way look i look any uh uh what are we in this producers yes that's yes. right that's any producer who's got <laughs> Two eyes, two ears, and a brain, or really just a brain. I don't want to be. I don't want to be ableist. Any producer who has any sense at all is going to want Tandy Newton in their movie. Would I have loved Tandy Newton in my cast? Absolutely. Um, I think it's a, a great pick. I agree with Phil. Um, I would go further and say she's she's the only thing I don't have an issue with in Westworld. <laughs> um, uh, and she, yeah, she's 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 phenomenal. She's also the only thing that works in Mission Impossible too. She's actually frequently correct, mm-hmm. correct, frequently the highlight of yeah. whatever she is in, uh, uh, and she has not 
um, you know, been given the, uh, the, the, the star spotlight that she has deserved for so long. So, uh, Phil, I'm delighted uh, that she's going to be co-leading your film. I can certainly see her as a, a tough and in charge commander uh, of, of a space vessel, if if that is what you're imagining. Her hey, we all saw That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, can I also just, I, I want to just piggyback on what Clay just said for a second here. Um, you know, I don't think The Truth About Charlie is a particularly good movie. <laughs> I, would, I would argue it's, it's kind of a bad movie. She's good in that movie. And I actually think that she has a really interesting comedic sensibility. And I think that, you know, I don't know what your buddy, you know, movie is but i think that it's a shame that she doesn't get to be in your comedy he thinks you he thinks he may have just blocked you from no, picking one of the I, best comedians on the well, cover i, I know the that it's just was, monica potter seven times over for the rest of it i um go ahead, what phil actually did is remind me that i'm supposed to be casting a buddy film <laughs> uh i so i, 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 I Thank do you. I, one thing i noticed about tandy newton as i was doing my research on her uh, is uh just how many terrible films she's been in <laughs> and and uh, despite that, she somehow uh, I should include Crash in the terrible film. Scene. Oh yes, of course, of course, yeah. Um, despite that, she is her star has never been extinguished. Yep. And to have that happen, yeah. despite never even really having a uh, iconic performance until now, and I would say her Westworld performance is iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really a uh, that's really a tribute to the star that is Tandy Newton, this kind of evergreen star. And she also has an age today. Um, not that that matters, but uh, it is, you know, it, it is worth noting. We do live in Hollywood. And I think, uh, I think Phil, I, I don't know if I would have gone quite so high with Tandy. I would try to keep in my my mind, the mm-hmm. genre that Clay is, is picking. And maybe he saw something in, in truth about Charlie that you also saw. Correct. But, um, but I do think it was a great pick because she is just, you know, an, ob- an, an obvious star. All right. Clay. All right, Clay. Yes. You got the uh, the second pick of the second round, the fourth overall. Okay. Okay. So here we go. So I have, I, I like I said, um, uh, Kenny, you actually purchased uh, the entire magazine, the entire 15-pound. That's right, the uh, hard copy. Hard copy there. I, I printed out a copy of of uh, this, this cover, and I have circled the faces of the people that I want in my cast. Um and I will destroy this after this is done in case any of these people end up dead. Uh, <laughs> this, this looks, it looks very, very serial killer-ish here as I'm looking at it now. Um, so I am, so look, I, I, Phil, I, I feel very lucky because neither of your two picks, both would have been phenomenal in my movie, will be phenomenal in your movie, but don't really throw me off. However, and we're only doing six, right, Kenny? We're not doing the whole cover. No, we're, we're going to leave two it's, sitting on the bench. Two on the bench. Because my idea is a, bit of, is a bit of an ensemble, and I'm just trying to actually make, make pairings. Um, and it's getting tricky. Uh, but there is one really important character that I think one of these actors would be better for than anyone else. So I'm going to pick this person and it may seem like kind of a high spot, but I think it is because I think it's because they just fit this character the best. So I'm going to pick um, Giovanni Ribisi. 
Giovanni Rabisi going with the fourth pick to Clay's Buddy Comedy. Clay, you when, I, when I tell you what my pitch is, it will it will seem mildly absurd that you've been calling it a buddy comedy the entire time. But I, I'll I will justify it. I will justify it. Um, uh, Clay, is there anything you'd like to say before we, we hit the video package? Uh, yes, I mean Giovanni Ribisi is not someone, and actually this is true for everyone on this cover outside of perhaps um, Reese is not someone that I think about often or consider their filmography or consider myself a, you say, you know, who are your 10 favorite actors? I would never, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely a guy who has sort of disappeared into the character actor firmament and is brought out when creeps need to be played. Um, But he's phenomenal. Like there's very few people who are better at playing uh, untrustworthy creeps than Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, And and, and also speaking to the comedy point, um, you know, it is a little unfair um, that I, sort of denigrated everyone on this cover's comedy chops because Giovanni Ribisi certainly in his younger days played a lot of very, um, very, very funny comedy roles and very kind of difficult totally. to pull off comedy roles. He was very funny on um, Friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a couple others uh, that I'm forgetting uh, off. He's funny and uh, it's, it's a weird movie, but like I actually really love him in Suburbia, the Richard Linklater yes, movie. Yeah, he's very good. good um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he brings like a funny, he's got a good self-aware villain energy in. Um... Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the Avatar? highest movie of all time. Avatar. Uh, Avatar yeah. <laughs> Bill, uh, just a, a quick question before we hit the video package. You said that there was one comedian on this list. Is, is, is he the comedian? Did I say that? No, no I, I think I, think no, no, I was Phil, referring. Phil I, said I that. think I was saying that Reese was the funniest person on this. Phil, I think you said there was one comedian on this in, among this group, right, Phil? Y- yeah, I mean, yes, genderless. I didn't think. I mean, the other the other funny person on here, overtly funny in my opinion, would be has Kate not Hudson. been. Yeah, it's not oh, been. Picked. There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go to the video package. <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi, perhaps the most prolific actor on this list with 99 acting credits to his name. (laughs) Giovanni began acting as an 11-year-old in Michael Landon's series Highway to Heaven, though he first came to my attention in 1996 as the poor first drummer of the Onetters, who broke his arm in that thing you do. Of course. In 1999, Rabisi had two starring roles, both notorious, both for different reasons. He starred in The Mob Squad and The Other Sister. The year later... Rabisi had his biggest role yet as the lead in the bro in the bro drama Boiler Room. Rabisi has gone on to have a steady career, often as shady characters in films like Avatar, Ted, and Lost in Translation, as well as a beloved turn in Friends as Phoebe's brother Frank Jr. Rabisi's last major role, Amazon's Sneaky Peek, was canceled in 2019. But don't worry, he has four avatars coming out one day soon. <laughs> um, so what do you think? <clears throat> Great pick, Clay. It was, if I'm being honest, it was my next pick. Oh, how about um, that? Oh. So, you, so you, you, you know, you stole that from me. Um, I think that Giovanni's great. The movie that, that you guys surprisingly haven't talked about it, and I think is his best performance probably, is Saving Private Ryan. Um, yeah. He's tremendous in that film. He has one of the most heartbreaking moments 
when he knows that his liver has it's, I mean, it's brittle um, mm-hmm. when he's been shot. Uh, right. Yeah, he's great. I, I think he's there's also two Scientologists on this uh, cover, too. <laughs> so there's that to take into effect, too. I was going to make a big deal out of that one. You know, just gonna no, I'm not making a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that there's that's just a fact. Yep. There are two people on that's the cover that are Scientologists. Yep. Um, no judgment. Uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's really interesting. Um, I think to your point, he's funny, he's weird, but like very grounded and believable. Like the guy's got real range. So I think that super smart of you to, to, to pick him up and and put him on your, in your cast. Uh, I think he'll be an asset. I think so too. And it's interesting you point out that he was in, um, uh, same Reverend Ryan, because there's another person on this list that was also in same Reverend Ryan. Correct. because they were both in Saving Private Ryan and they both just kind of have narrow, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they don't look evil, but they don't necessarily not look evil. Um, for the la- for last 20 years, I consistently confuse him with this other actor. Uh, and I like both of them, hmm. um, but it often results in me not being able to remember which one was in what or what their Is names are. Is that true? Are. Really? Interesting. I'm not that was, but that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. I haven't had that issue. I have because one of them had a career and one of them didn't, and one of them didn't. Mm, yes, although okay. one of them is, and the I mean the other one is very good in True Grit. All right, let's uh, let's not do this thing where we talk in uh, in, in yeah. ambiguities. Um, right, who would want to <laughs> listen to a show where people do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> for four hours? Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, I just want to see your bit, buddy. Um, so I, I looked at the personally look at the Rubisi pick. I think it's a great pick because I think he brings something very unique. Um, one thing that is clear, although they're very different actresses, there are I believe six white blonde women on this cover. Correct. So you know it's a van- a real Vanity Fair special in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And Giovanni, you know the the men, the five men on this cover are extremely varied, despite what Clay correct. Did. Um, I think they, I think they're all a little unexpected, mm-hmm. except maybe Actually, one to ever be on a cover like this. All four I think there is, of all four of the white men on this cover could be described as not not necessarily evil looking, but yeah, only yeah. one of them had a real shot at being a leading man. Oh, he was a real. Right? I would, you know, Adrian Brody was a leading yeah, man. Yeah, he was a leading so, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, Adrian Brody, you know, fits on a Vanity Fair cover, whereas the other ones, not so much, in my opinion, though Norman mm-hmm. Reedus looks great. Yeah. Um, well, there's a reason why they are behind the fold. That's true. But they generally put some interesting people behind the fold. They almost do. Like they a, do. Yeah. Almost like a, like, a, like a surprise. Like, oh, mm-hmm. who's back mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, I really do Can like I just this, Speaking like, of the fold, just because it's worth noting here. Let's talk God. about the fold. Let's get into the I want to talk about the fold let's, just for a second. Let's here, unfold Because the there's only four people on the cover cover, right? Like sitting yeah. on a newsstand, there are only four people that you can see. Uh, those four people are Adrian Brody, Tandy Newton, Reese Witherspoon, and everyone's favorite, Monica Potter. Like, how did Monica Potter get that spot? Like that, that's some, that's... I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Um, we'll talk about Monica, Monica Potter when we get to, to Monica hear, uh, Kenny, will we get to hear the packages for people who go undrafted? No, unfortunately we won't. <laughs> um, that becomes a consideration. That becomes a uh, serious consideration uh, for me. Unfortunately we will not. I, you can't, you, okay. <laughs> it's right. an honor to be drafted. You can't bestow that honor upon somebody sitting, uh, sitting in the green room. Okay. But, um, 
Reese Witherspoon, no brainer. Of course, she's going to be on the cover, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Of these five men, yeah. Um, and you're going to put Adrian one Brody on the cover. Yeah. I'd put Adrian Brody on the cover. You know, Correct. he's he's yeah. he's debonair. Uh, just starting mm-hmm. a Spike Lee movie or a Spike Lee movie was coming out. Like he makes a lot yes. of sense to me. Yes. Uh, Tandy had already been in, Be- in Beloved, so she was already you know kind yeah. of shooting a shooting star. Mm-hmm. Monica Potter <laughs> doesn't factor. make sense, but. <laughs> She had five films in 1998, and uh, two, oh. of them were, two of them were big movies. Um, I guess, so, wait, was Kiss the Girls in 98? No, no, she was in Along Came a Spider. Oh, that's what Which it was, was later. Okay. Uh, the Monica Potter movies in 98 were the, uh, you know, Patch Adams. The and, Very Thought of You. And the other one is, the, the good ones are Patch Adams and, uh, and, I'm not sorry, the big ones are Patch Adams and Without Limits. So Monica Potter is oh. kind of a quantity, a known quantity at that point. Interesting. Where she was I can't cresting a little necessarily bit. Sure. say that about maybe. I mean, even even Kate Hudson wasn't very well known at this point. You're right. So, you're right. Yep. Okay. It's not. Cra- yeah. It's not crazy if if you I mean, if you put Kate Hudson there and you say this is Goldie Hawn's daughter, I think everyone will be fine with it. But I get the Monica Potter in a turtleneck thing. I also get. That if Clay was shooting this, like if Clay did this photo shoot, it would just be Monica Potter on the cover. For Everyone Monica else Potter. Would just, yeah, it would just be Monica yeah, just, Potter. <laughs> Look, Monica, it, it is interesting that aside, aside, uh, I do have fascination with Monica Potter. I, I, I said this to you guys on Twitter when we were sort of first yeah. talking about this is I, I am, because uh, I was a big Parenthood fan. So she was just always a, like yeah. a beleaguered suburban mom yeah. in my head. And yeah. she's great in it. And it's just fascinating to me that for four years in the late 90s and early 2000s, they tried to make her the next Julia Roberts. It's just fascinating to me. Because yeah. um, yeah. she has a, she has this perfect sort of, um, she's not bland, but she's got a very like comfortable Midwesternist, which is true. She's from, I think she moved back to Ohio after Parenthood she did. wrapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she just has that that energy in her that was perfect for Parenthood and just feels so out of place as you're watching her in her mid twenties, you can already see her future of, of giving up on the big city and moving back to the town she was from and having a family. Like she just has that energy. Clay, um, but I, so I'm fascinated with, with her. Clay squint and look at her face because she is can't. Julie Roberts. She looks just like Julia Roberts on this cover. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. It's she as does. if they, it's as if they airbrushed her to look more like her. Yep. Um, all right. If we so, don't have any more we, thoughts on Giovanni, we can move on to Clay's pick. It's the first pick of the third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fifth overall, and after this round, I'll do a a, um, a wrap up, or right, right, right. not a wrap up. A you know, you get what I'm saying. The state of the union. Yes, that's right. The state of the draft. Uh, <laughs> so Clay, with the fifth pick, who do you got? Okay, so I am up with the fifth pick. I've got I got this. I got this. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, look, just to Save us some time. Mm. That's an interesting way of leading up. To do this. I want to do this right now? Am I more worried? No, no, I think I'm okay. I, I'm going to take Monica Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have played any better. <laughs> oh my lord! Ugh. Monica Potter was always part of the plan. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for you to deliver that. That was like the longest TF we possibly. <laughs> All right. Well, we look. We 
We already talked about how great Monica Potter is. I feel like I don't need to. Yeah, please. I want to hear this package. That's what I'm living for. Monica Potter. While Potter didn't have a film out in 1999, she had five in 1998, ranging from the better C. Prefontaine biopic without limits to the reviled Robin Williams vehicle, Patch Adams. Despite her appearance on this cover, Potter arguably never had a significant film after 1998, aside from small roles in Saw and Along Came a Spider. In television, however... Potter found a home on Boston Legal and then won the hearts of millions and the best reviews of her career as Kristen Braverman on NBC's Parenthood. But outside of one appearance on David E. Kelly's Goliath, Potter hasn't acted since the 198 I'm sorry, the 2018 Jeremy Piffin flop, Wisdom of the Crowd. Though a two-year layoff is not really a layoff. She's obviously a working actress still. But how do you feel about the video package saying she's never had a significant role since 1998. Film I role. feel with the video pack. I think it's. I think it's a I, mischaracterization I, I, <laughs> on behalf of whoever put together the video package. Look, the Christina Braverman energy is exactly what I'm. Go- what I. What I. What I need for my movie. So that's. I mean, that's who I'm getting. That's who I'm going for. You know, you. You. you like I'm saying I need a Christina Braverman type. Christina Braverman's right there. I'm just gonna get her. Sure. Uh, I'm just gonna ask. Um, but I did. There's another person I really want. But I decided to to let them go because there was two things. I thought maybe Phil would try to take Monica Potter just because it would it would mess with me. But no, no Phil kind of made a passing. <laughs> Phil made like a passing uh, sort of uh, diminishment of 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 one of these people. No, when we were talking a- about the whole cover, and okay. I feel like that puts me in safe ground to wait on that pick. I don't think Phil will take this person. I mean, here's here's the thing. Kenny. And and this is something to consider. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter since it's random what genre you're picking. But like because we are casting two very different movies, I don't think the Venn diagram is such that there's that much crossover. I say that now and who the hell knows. I do plan on picking someone that has some comedic chops. So, you know, there's that. But um yeah, I, I think the Monica Potter's fucking great. Like, I, I love her. I don't have, I have, I have nothing bad to say about her. And she's going to fit perfectly in your in your buddy uh, your buddy comedy that you're I, casting. For for what it's worth, I'm thrilled if you guys are happy with your teams. I want the two two. I am yeah, the I am the great. studio here, and I have I have given you 14 <laughs> actors who have these dates to work. You guys yeah. have to figure it out yourselves. So <laughs> there's a bit of a horse trade. There's a bit of a yeah. you, a bit of a me take you take give and take situation but i want two winners out of this that's what i want that's why i said i'm not picking the winner at the end the people are going to pick the winner at the end mm-hmm. we'll leave it up I to mean, them listen. and look i'm i'm equally as invested in phil's uh film as i am in my own i i, I, I want I your, film, I, I want your film to succeed i want yeah, your film no, to absolutely. succeed it'd be great yeah yeah i mean uh, you guys we'll are say, you guys aren't direct competition but that's cool yeah. i love that <laughs> um Monica only Potter, one of you is going to be on the lot come monday one of her one of her um, releases, uh, if you look it up on IMDb, is listed as 1998, but that's because it came out in the United Kingdom uh, in 1998. Uh, Monica Potter does have a 1999 United States release. Oh, Clay, don't you worry. You are slotted in for that movie. Uh, we, <laughs> oh. we, can, we cannot wait for you to come back to talk about that. Oh, Phil, that's that's not at all where I was going with that. But thank you. That's 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 an honor. I'm oh, I'm 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 blown away. That's that's I great. can't that's wait. Great. I can't that's wait. Great. Yeah. Just, just the very thought of doing that draft um, has me excited. 
Um, all right, so draft. I am so in my own show. Uh, talk, you mean, episode you mean of, podcast? But yeah, episode yeah. of podcast like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, uh, the podcast where we talk about the film. What um what movie is this, guys? Just uh, it's the very thought of you. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. You remember I sent it to you and I was like, Clay really loves Monica Potter. Oh, but and he wants Clay to was joking it. and now he has to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll say I have seen this movie, which is a rom-com with, uh, with uh, Monica Potter Fiennes. and Tom Hollander and uh, Joseph Fiennes. And I watched yeah. it because Monica Potter is a star. <laughs> this, this is, is what I'm wild. Saying. There's no bigger Monica Potter fan that I know of. So, you know. Nor should there be. Nor should there no. be. Sorry, totally missed that. Look forward I do to doing Tom that Hollander, podcast. Um, yeah. so all right. Do we, you're, sorry, Kenny, you have a state of the... No, no, no. We're, you're going to make your next pick. We're going to finish out the third round with the sixth okay. pick. So I'm going to pick my, my third pick, but the sixth, sixth overall... Pick, that's correct. Uh, okay, so my number three uh, is Adrian Brody. Um, you know, a little bit of a Splice reunion, you know, because Splice mm-hmm. is great. And sure. if you haven't seen Splice, everyone, you should watch it. It's fucking bug nuts, but it's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Adrian Brody's great. I think that I, I, I personally kind of don't really get why Hollywood's kind of over Adrian Brody. I'm not really sure why that happened, um, but it seems that way a little bit. Um, but uh, I think he's great. I think he's. I think he's. I find him. Very sort of unorthodoxly attractive. I think he's an interesting looking guy. I think he's compelling to watch. I think a ladies agree with you. And, and yeah, those, I think those those who prefer the company of men agree with you. I think he's I think he's really interesting. I think he's got dramatic chops, but I also think he can be funny and in a weird sort of way. Um, you know, we talk we did a, a, an episode of Summer of Sam with uh, Karina Longworth. We talk about him on that episode, obviously, but you know, he's you know, he he wins obviously the Oscar for for the pianist, which is a good movie. I don't love that movie, but hey, I think he's very good in it. Don't step on the the video package there, Phil. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> my apologies. Um, but yeah, Adrian Brody, my number three pick. Adrian Brody found his way into the cover as a member of the ensemble cast of Terrence Malick's Thin Red A Thin Red Line. In 1999, Brody started as a punk rocker suspected of being the son of Sam in Summer of Sam, as well as Barry Levinson's fourth Baltimore movie, Liberty Heights, and Richard Shepard's thriller, Oxygen. In three years' time, at age 29, Brody would go on to become the youngest man to ever win Best Actor with his performance in Roman Polanski's The Pianist, with, which I don't know if you guys remember, they were so intent on calling it The Pianist. Yeah. While he had didn't a share, want anyone to hear penis on television. That's correct. While he had a share of critically lauded <laughs> films, since then he has yet to secure another Oscar nomination. He's been part of the Oscar-dominated ensembles of movies such as Midnight in Paris and Grand Budapest Hotel, but he has yet to make a film that earned more than sixty million at the domestic box office since King Kong in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Today, Brody is still considered by many to be a leading man, even if he doesn't have the recent receipts to back that up. I want to say something real quick about King Kong. Because King Kong is one of those movies that those three leads, Naomi Watts, Adrian Brody, and Jack Black, like that movie was primed to be just, you know, the biggest fucking hit. Uh, it cost a boatload. It was Peter Jackson's follow-up to the Lord of the Rings movies. And all three of those actors felt like they were on the cusp of becoming gigantic. Yeah, I agree. And then the movie 
was okay. It didn't do great. It was long and people were sort of like, eh, and they shrugged and all those careers kind of stalled out in their own way, which is a bummer because I really like all three of them. Clay, what do you yeah. think of this pick? Uh, Before we get into the King Kong, which I'm happy to go back to, what do you think of the pick? I think Adrian Brody is. Look, uh, there is a very... Uh, I, I, I'm seeing the direction the energy is going in Phil's movie. I can absolutely <laughs> see Adrian Brody uh, as as okay. someone on a space crew. Has he? Am I, am I misremembering? Has he done... He's been he's in like a Predators. He hasn't been he was in, in space, predators. though. Predators. Predators, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with Adrian Brody. I, I think the reason Hollywood, you know, kind of got over him was because he just he just had a really, and maybe perhaps it's dumb luck, but he had just a horrible string of role choices. He was just in mm-hmm. a lot of bad movies. If they weren't bad, they were kind of inscrutable. Um, and he tried to be an action star and he is too, as Phil, you said, kind of like unconventionally good look. He's, he, there's something off about him as an action star. I I applaud. Yeah. Yeah. I applaud attempting to, to, you know, cast off type, but it just, sometimes it just doesn't work. And, um, yeah, I, I, I did not have him pegged for my movie. So I, I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, disappointed at all by this pick. Um, but I definitely think he is a talented guy and, um, and and I can absolutely see the sort of energy he would uh, he would bring to a spacecraft. I have a few I, I, yeah, thoughts yeah, on, please, uh, please, on, please. on Mr. Brody. Um, first, in future drafts, I'm going to I think I should have a depth chart here. I'm not going to tell you guys what the depth chart is, but I will say at the end of the of the draft where I think these actors rank one through fourteen, where okay. I would have picked them if I had a chart. I would have had him okay. too. Um, oh, wow. I thought oh, he was to me clearly, clearly number two. Um, he's carried movies. He's, he's been doing it for quite a long time. He is an Oscar in the right role. Um, he would, he could deliver and I would probably craft my pitch to fit him into that, to, to, to make the movie work for what he could bring to it because he is to me such a bigger star and, uh, with, with a higher ceiling than anybody on this list other than Reese. Um, that being said, I also don't love him as an actor. I don't particularly love most movies he's in, and I think he's poorly used all the time. So Adrian Brody, more than most actors in Hollywood, needs to be perfectly married to not only the role he's in, the movie he's in, the tone of that movie. Everything really has to work perfectly for the movie to work. Um, Obviously, The Pianist worked. I believe... um, Although I haven't seen it in 20 years, I believe Liberty Heights works really well as well. Uh, I think yeah, I'm a, excited to, to rewatch that. I remember him being good in it too. I think he has a strong New York uh, or you know Mid Atlantic 50s and 60s pre hippie energy that uh, that you can't really sell that John Hamm thing. Yeah. So, well, and as you're saying, he was great in Summer of Sam too. He can play the jittery, uh, you know, heroined out. Uh, guy who's who's got like uh, you know something weighing heavy on his on on his shoulders but yeah they just tried they tried to make him into an action star uh, kenny you don't think in terms of the depth chart that his recent turn to bruce willis-esque uh vod cash grabs hurts his uh, hurts his credit all you know i mean look at the list buddy i mean <laughs> we're not we're not we're not dealing we're not we're not dealing with a bunch of um, <laughs> fair fair we're not we're not dealing with a bunch of you know de niro's here but that being who also does vod gas crafts but that being said exactly. 
But that being said, yeah, they're, they're, outside of Reese, the entire list is full of risks. And that's why, I, you know, no matter who Phil picked, for the most part, even though I knew he was picking Sarah Polly from the moment we looked at the cover, I wasn't really going to come <laughs> down on him because, um, because at that point, if you're not getting Reese, you probably have to go with the person who you think is the best. I also just want to say, and, and I know that this, this gets thrown around a lot, just ever since sort of, you know, the cable television took off and then obviously streaming and what have you. But Adrian Brody feels like a guy that could absolutely be the lead of a cable or streaming show. Like, I think you could build, he's, he, he has a presence. You could build a show around him. I could see him being sort of um, a, a really interesting sort of, you know, television lead. And I don't say that obviously derisively, but I just think that, Maybe just maybe he's just not a movie star. Like maybe he should just stop being in movies. One other thing I want to say about Adrian Brody, my mm-hmm. friend, mm-hmm. he is uh, he is also to some extent living proof of the power of the Best Actor Oscar. Oh yeah! How, sure. Once you win the Best Actor Oscar, unless you are um, F. Murray Abraham, you pretty much never go away. <laughs> um. And well, well, F. Murray Abraham was in Star Trek Insurrection. It's true. It's true. F. Murray Abraham never went away, but I mean, as a leading man, as or a potential <laughs> leading man. Yeah. Uh, if you win Best Actor as a leading man, uh, you pretty much are never. You, you you pretty much are always considered to be a potential leading man. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I can't think of any movie F. Murray Abraham ever led after that, but. Um, or Roberto Benigni, or um, the guy. I mean, I feel like Jeffrey artists. Rush is another one that's like not necessarily yeah, like. But I, I hear mean, you. You never I, went away, but yeah. you know. And I think I, I, the the thought experiment is: Adrian Brody gets nominated for the pianist, doesn't win. Yeah. What happens to him then? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and that's I mean it's a it's a good question. I mean I think that. He also had, you know, and I feel like we might have discussed this before. Might have even been on the Summer of Sam when he kissed uh, Halle, um, Berry. Halle Berry when he won the Oscar, which is kind of fucked up and weird. But at the time, everyone was like, "Oh, what a what a cool guy!" What a cat, yeah, what a cat. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a weird thing. Um, but you know, I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's an interesting actor, and he's my number three. All right, we'll be back with the podcast in a couple of minutes. But first, a word from our sponsor. That's right, we got a sponsor. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies so much that they decided to dedicate every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts rightfully demanding a production of a third national treasure to comfy sweatshirts that reasonably serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings your tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERFRIEND. All caps, no spaces. That's SUPERFRIEND at checkout. And if the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. That's superyaki, S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I dot com. Thanks for listening to that ad, guys. Now back to the show. 
All right. To recap the draft so far, uh-huh. with the first picked overall, Clay took Reith Witherspoon. Then with his second pick, he took Giovanni Ribisi. And with his third pick, Monica Potter. <laughs> Phil, meanwhile, for his fantasy movie, took Sarah Polly first overall, then Tandy Newton and Adrian Brody. How do you guys feel so far? Phil, what do you say? I feel great. I, I feel like I've got, I've, I mean, I would argue I might have a, you know, as we mentioned, Jivon Rubisi was my number three pick. But, you know, Clay sort of forcing me into Adrian Brody. I got to say, I think I'm happier with Adrian Brody in this role now that I look back on it. So sometimes I that, that happens. Is, yeah, Happy I this is, this is, this is, this is turning out better. How about you, Clay? Uh, I got to say, I am getting everything I want. <laughs> Good. This is turning out perfect. This is exactly how I env- envisioned it. Um, I'm delighted to hear that my my pick of Rabisi um, took Phil in a, in a direction that may potentially end up being uh, fortuitous. So that's great. That's great. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time. I don't know uh, that you're going to be happy with my, my, for, my fourth pick, though, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, let's find I mean, out right now. Okay, I'm very. I I can't wait. All right, Phil. So, my number seventh four, overall pick and the fourth pick <laughs> of the first round. Uh, I'm I'm going with Julia Stiles. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. <laughs> A deep sigh of resignation from all Mr. Right. Keller. Okay, okay, all right, no, okay. Um, yeah, Julia Stiles, who, you know, in 1999 gives a tremendous performance. Well, it'll be in the video package, I imagine. Um, she's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see her energy in this picture. Um, I think that she's, uh, you know, over the years, she's kind of coming, you know, she's been in some stuff, but like, we haven't really, like, she's been more on a drama side. And, and that, that's not to say that my film isn't a drama, but there's a levity to her. There's some range to her. Uh, and, and I've really liked sort of where her career has gone. So I'm excited to see her in this role. Julia Stiles is one of the younger entries on the list. And in 1999, she'd seemed to be a great candidate for a long play. In 1999, she starred in and more than held her own against Heath Ledger in the beloved modern take on Taming of the Shrewd, 10 Things I Hate About You. 
Off the strength of that movie, Styles ran through a bunch of high-profile roles in the early 2000s, from Hamlet to O, and also ones that weren't based on Shakespeare, like Born Identity and Save the Last Dance. But since 2002, outside of the Bourne series, Styles has been mostly seen or not seen in low-budget indie movies, direct-to-VOD flicks, or small roles on TV like Dexter, where she had a well-regarded arc. She did, however, reemerge in a major film with a pivotal role in 2019's Hustlers. She also apparently stars in a British show called Riviera that's airing right now. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I did. I I had no idea that that Directed, was a thing. Uh, cre- created by Neil Jordan. I learned. Yeah, interesting. Wow. All right. And in its huh. third year. Huh. Wow. All right. Yeah. There you Great. go. Good for her. Clay, what do you think of this pick? What was that? Uh, that deep cyber. So I, yeah, I I had um I had Julia Stiles on my wish list, but I think it was more of a name recognition thing than anything. I'm I'm looking <laughs> at the role I would have had her her picked for, and actually being forced to look at the other um, actors on this list that are going to fulfill that role. I actually think most of them would probably be better for it. (laughs) I was going to go with Julia Stiles. uh, Yeah. For, for that, that all that, that all that heat she has coming off of uh, hustlers in her weird journalist. (laughs) You know, what's interesting about this, this list of people is um, not all of them, but most of them are still working. And not all of them, but most of them, and it's not the same group who are still working, but most of them still are more or less household names. Um, and that's pretty remarkable considering uh, almost all of their stars um, diminished significantly around 2003, 2004. Yet someone like Julia Stiles, uh, anybody our age from 25 to 45 knows who she is. Uh, same could be said for even Lily Sobieski and mm-hmm. um, maybe Vanessa Shaw. So it's it's a really interesting kind of time period where movie star celebrity, even yeah. in, even with these people who had kind of fleeting success, I think um, has has I think has persisted, and I think you see that with a lot of modern TV stars or people who haven't done a lot in the last ten years. This is exactly what happened with Andy Newton. Uh, were able to use their you know, kind mm-hmm. of saved up reserve of star power to lead a series. Well, I would, I would argue that one of the people on this list is a prime example of that, who is probably arguably one of the biggest names on, on this cover based on the show that they're on. Um, so I, I think that who, who truthfully, if I'm being honest, is kind of one of the one of the stranger picks on this list, if I'm being honest. Bizarre. Total, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that's, there you go. Um, you're up, Clay. Clay, you got the eighth pick. Um, I am the, up. It's your fourth pick and the second pick of the fourth round. Yes. Okay. So I, I had somebody I was going to take at number four, but based on comments and gameplay, and the fact that Julia Stiles got snapped up, I think I'm going to have to shore up a, a different, more important role in my movie with a specific kind of energy. Um, okay, so at number, with my fourth pick, I am going to take someone whose career, uh, Kenny, certainly did not peter out in the mid-2000s. If anything, had her, had her heyday in the mid-2000s. Miss um, Kate Hudson. Is Kate Hudson? I like it. Clay, what was your thinking? 
Uh, Kate Hudson uh, is someone who I, you know what? I think if she was, if she had a good role in a good movie and she, I, th- I think it would shock and delight people to today. People have a lot of residual goodwill for Kate Hudson. And there was a time when it was, and when she wasn't just, um, you know, sort of a nepotism, you know, daughter of a star who has the same, you know, unique screen presence. Uh, so she just gets roles, you know, she's legitimately very, very good in, in a lot of movies in that, in, in, in that era. And, and she's another one we forgot had significant uh, comedy chops. I mean, she played, she played a very strong sort of, um, she wasn't a full on kind of flippity gibbet like her mom did, but she had a kind of kooky, um, not totally grounded sensibility that, that worked in a lot of movies. Um, and then I, you know, I, I, I can't even think of what happened to her in the last, in the last few years. Like it, it, has she did just stopped? Maybe you'll find out on the video pack. That's right. Look, hey, hey, Katie, if you could do me a favor and hit play, on, and hit, hit play on, on the, 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 the video package, I oh, think sure. that, would, that would help me. Kate Hudson. There's a real argument to be made that from 2000 to 2009, Kate Hudson was the hottest actress in Hollywood. She followed her Goldie Hawn-esque turn in 200 Cigarettes with the unforgettable role of Penny Lane in Almost Famous, which earned her a Golden Globe, an Oscar nomination, and the undying love of teenage romantics everywhere. And she ended the decade with the relative modest hit, Bride Wars, while making successes such as How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and You, Me, and Dupree in between. But the second decade of the millennium has not been so kind to her when it comes to entertainment. Over the last five years, Hudson concentrated more on her lifestyle and wellness books and the complimentary brands she supports. So Kate Hudson, uh, at least according to the video package, hasn't really been in anything since 2016. Um, But my feeling, Clay, is exactly the same as yours. She was in in Larry David's movie called Clear History. That Mm, was uh, an HBO movie. It was about eight, nine years ago. And yeah. she had already waned to some um, to some respect or some degree, but uh, but she was it was really wonderful to see Kate Hudson in that role in a fairly high profile HBO movie with you know very big star and Larry David, and uh, and really get to kind of show her grown up side. So, um, Phil, how do you feel about this this pick? You know, I'm I, I'm sure that Clay's listened to our episode on our two episodes on 200 cigarettes that we've done. So yeah, we've you know, to. I I don't need to I don't need to reiterate, but I will just you know for everyone else's sake, um, we love her in that movie. Um, she is so good in that film, and and you know you kind of you were you were circling at Clay in terms of that. There's an effortlessness that her mother has, and that she certainly has as well, which is just not only does the camera love her, not only is she just incredibly watchable, but she feels, um, she feels like a star that's landed on earth. Like there's just something very believable about her and very sort of human about her. Uh, and yet at the same time, she feels like a movie star. She, there, she is really funny in 200 cigarettes. Um, and, you know, Kenny and I talk about this on, on the episode, but truthfully, we, and by we Hollywood kind of did her wrong a little bit. She got a bunch of kind of shitty rom-coms, you know, your fool's golds and your stuff like that, that I think they were just like, yeah, this is bulletproof. It's her and Matthew McConaughey and they're going to, I don't know, be very tan and 
find treasure or something. Like, I don't know. It's to just, be fair, Phil, both of those things are true about Fool's Gold. <laughs> no, I, if I, that, I've if seen that the was, If that was what they were going for, <laughs> mission accomplished. But, I, but, to, but to both your points, I think that if, if tomorrow she came back and did a rom-com or, or, or just a, a great movie, I think that that we would welcome her back in our lives with open arms. I think she's wonderful. She did a a short arc on Glee, if I'm not mistaken. She did. She did. And she was really good on that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of it is also that she doesn't need to do it, right? Like, she's obviously very well off. So she's just like, I'm just going to keep doing my books, raise my kids, and everything's fine. But, but yeah, she's wonderful. Great pick. Thank you, Phil. And and, uh, and also part of my thinking was, if you have Kate Hudson in your movie, there is a a more than 0% chance that you might get a set visit from uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And hey, who wouldn't want that? I mean, here's, here's what I'm starting to realize now, is that your movie is going to do very well. <laughs> and my movie uh, is going to have, is, is yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know about my movie doing so well at the box office, but you've got, you have Kate Hudson and Reese Witherspoon in your movie. It's all so I think in the pitch, brother. It's all in the pitch. And just wait till you hear what, what I have, what I have them doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I've gone. I've gone ahead and made my depth chart while you guys were talking. I'm sure it was great. 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 Um, look forward to sharing that at the end of this podcast. But right great. now, we got Clay's pick for the fifth round. Correct. His fifth actor in this movie, fifth cast member, uh, the ninth pick overall, and the first pick of the fifth round. Who you got, Clay? All right. Okay. Here we go. This ha- having to come up with two in a row is okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to go with um, Barry Pepper. The pep, the pep, the the, pep. the 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 guy who I always forget his name because I think it's Giovanni Ribisi. Even though they haven't really, they haven't done necessarily the same types of roles. I just there's something the fact that they're both in Saving Private Ryan and they both have a face that scares me a little bit. I I, I always forget who Barry Pepper is. And as you said, Phil, one had a career, <laughs> one didn't. But I'm going to tell you why I'm picking Barry Pepper. Okay. Uh, without getting into too many specifics of what I'm using him for. He was in a movie uh, from 2019 that was one of my favorites of the year uh, called Crawl, which is a alligator survival movie where he plays. Oh, Kenny and I saw it together. You guys saw saw it together together in the theater. Phil and I have seen one movie together in the theater in our 15 years of friendship. And it was Crawl. And it was Crawl crawl. last year. (laughs) Not a bad choice, honestly. Not a bad no, no, choice. It's a great movie. Oh, we love it. We love it. It is a great movie, and and his his role as the slightly estranged, uh, recently divorced father, um, who for, at first needs to be saved by his daughter, and then kind of teams up with her to uh, to yep. ride out the rest of this hurricane uh, and these these literally attacks. Mm-hmm. What? Literally in a bucket. literally yes, literally right now. <laughs> um, uh, he, he brings, um, uh, you know, in, in the writing, it is it is a slightly more elevated part in relationship than you would maybe get in a lesser version of this movie. So credit to the writing as well. And it's, it's in small bits and it's subtle. But he brings um, a really, really uh, incredible authenticity um, to the part. He is stoic when he needs to be. He is emotionally needs to be. He feels like a real guy and you like him and you want him to survive. You're invested in his relationship with his, with, with, with his daughter. And I was really impressed um, 
with his performance in that. And I've got uh, I've got a dad role in my in my cast. And uh, and I think he yeah. he he plays a good dad. And I and looking mm-hmm. at this group, um, and looking at this group, he is my pick of who has the most dad energy. Maybe just solely based on crawl, but that's that's that that's what I'm going off of. Cool. Barry Pepper, at nearly 30 years old at the time of this shoot, Barry Pepper is the oldest person on the cover and one of the most seasoned. In 1998, Pepper had large roles in both Saving Private Ryan and Enemy of the State. And in 1999, Pepper once again joined Tom Hanks as a guard on the Green Mile. Pepper continued to be a trusted hand for veteran filmmakers like Spike Lee in 25th Hour, Clint Eastwood in Flag of Our Fathers, and the Coen Brothers in True Grit. He's played bigger roles on television, using his classic looks to embody real-life heroes like Roger Maris, Dale Earnhardt, and Robert Kennedy, for which he won an Emmy. To this day, Barry Pepper remains right where he was in 1999, a steady, grounded hand for big films, for films big like Maze Runner and small like Crawl. Yeah, Maze Runner, that's a good, that's a good point, too. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, look. He's I'm, still playing ball. It's a good pick, Clay, good pick. I've, I've, I've convinced myself. <laughs> Phil, how do you feel about this one? Oh, by the way, I mean, I, are, are you aware he's a fellow Canadian? I, I didn't know that. Yes, he is a Canadian. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, truthfully, you stole Barry Pepper from me. He was on oh. my list. I did. See, because when yeah. you said, oh, oh G- Giovanni Ricci, Barry Pepper, one had a career, one didn't, I thought that was a dig. I thought that was a Barry Pepper dig. Game I mean, here, here's that was unfair of me because the video package really highlighted how much how many things Barry Pepper's been in like part of me is my brain is sort of saving private Ryan and uh uh battlefield earth <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's sort of Barry Pepper in my brain but then you know he, Kenny obviously walks us through all the other things that he's been in and I'm like this guy is legit kind of a chameleon and I forget he's in these things he's a work and that's true he's really good um and like I forget he's in True Grit until it's same with quite frankly Matt Damon, who's great in that movie, but also sort of unrecognizable. Yeah, um, yeah I mean Barry Pepper's fucking great. I mean I, I he was he was going to be in my movie, and you know he's not going to be in my movie anymore. But you know that's what it is. You know that's how it goes. I have some feelings about Barry Pepper. Uh, my feelings about Barry Pepper are are very strong. He's not very high in my depth chart, but uh, he's very strong. Ever since I saw, I'll say I'll say this. Anybody who was in the cast of Saving Private Ryan, I have very strong feelings for. Um, That movie operates in such a way where you become embedded with that crew and you care deeply about each one of them. So any one of them that I see come up in any movie, whether it be, you know, Vin Diesel or Ed Burns or Jeremy, um, what's his name? Davies. Davies. Jeremy Davies or any of these guys. Fucking Tom Sizemore. I feel like I... I, I I had this like deep love and understanding and appreciation for their like value in the world, and I loved Barry Pepper in that movie. Well, I thought, he had the coolest. I mean, he's so cool. He's so. Good. He was the sniper. I mean, come on, it doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. I like sniper with a heart of gold. Sniper who actually liked Jews. It was great. Yeah, he was great. Um, so I, I've always had a had a real soft spot for Barry Pepper, and then he did Twenty Fifth Hour, which oh, he's um, great in that movie. He's great. Oh yeah, and and. Uh, Having grown up in New York, um, having a lot of friends from New York City and spending a lot of time in New York City, um, I recognize those three guys 
yeah. uh, very much. And Pepper was the one who, more than even the other two, resonated with me as a real guy you would find in New York. Um, like you knew that, that guy. That's what you're saying to me. I know exactly who that guy was. I know, and I know who Philip Seymour Hoffman was, and I know who Ed Norton was. Like, but Barry Pepper, you know, the other two feel a, a, a little bit arch to me, even though I do love that movie. But like, it's a little arch, a little. It's a little much with the two of them. Barry Pepper, Philip Seymour Hoffman for sure. But yeah, yeah. A Barry Pepper is a lot of guys I know in that movie, um, th- because he has this alpha male, you know, swag, and he also has this like, you know basic human decency uh that's like kind of in a lot of these wall street guys um it's interesting i would also i I would also argue his speech about the world trade center when they're overlooking it is perhaps the best movie speech about 9-11 no question that's been put on film that and and some of the stuff Dennis Leary did in Rescue Me. I mean, that's that. That's yes, to yes, me. Yes. That is that is sure. the yep. the that is nine eleven from a New Yorker's perspective. Yep. Um. So I. Uh, He's great. I when he, when I see him on screen, it makes me happy. When I see Kate Hudson on screen, it makes me happy. I'm I'm very into these last two picks, Clive. It just is what it is. But I don't choose. I don't make the rules. I don't. I don't choose the winner. Uh, just, well, thank you, Kenny. I I I appreciate that and that. Uh, it emboldens me even further going into the final pick. Yeah, you only got one more, bro. I only got one wow. more. All right, Phil, you got two more if you want to go yep. ahead and uh, make one of these picks. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, so my number five. And the um, second pick of the fifth round and the tenth pick, overall. Correct. Um, I am picking Omar Epps. Um, you know, I, I first noticed Omar Epps when he was on ER. Uh, he, uh, he was a prominent uh, character in the second season. He was Carter's, one of his best friends, um, who ultimately uh, either jumped or was pushed in front of a train. It's one of the bigger holy fuck moments that that show handed us. Um, it's a really, uh, it's a great moment. Um, he's just got, he just has a really um, emotive face there's just something you sort of immediately care about this guy. Um, he's just very, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of at a loss for words, but I, I really just, I think he's a great actor. Um, he just hasn't worked a ton. Um, I'm sure the video package will, will help, help to sort of, you know, give us a little bit more of a sense of the breadth of his work. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to have him to be a part of this ensemble. <laughs> Omar Epps, who people always refer to by his full name, has a career dating back to 1992's <laughs> Juice and two years later stepped into the baseball cleats vacated by Wesley Snipes in Major League Two. In 1999, Epps had th- Omar Epps had three major roles in The Mod Squad, In Too Deep, and The Wood, but it was in 2000 when he started with Sanaa Lathan in Gina Prince Blythewood's Love of Basketball, and that's when Omar Epps, the star, really seemed destined to shoot to the sky. Unfortunately, like the other main players involved in that film, his career did not take off as it should have. He starred in Against the Ropes with Meg Ryan, a flop, and segued into a memorable role on House MD for eight seasons, picking up three NAACP Image Awards for Best Supporting Actor, and later in the title role of USA Shooter for two seasons. He most recently starred in the Netflix flick, Fatal Affair which is a 2020 movie on Netflix. 
Uh, I think five years ago, that might have meant more than it does now. Five years ago, it would mean that he is, you know, career is yeah. over. Now, Netflix is... Who the hell knows? Mo- it's just movies. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that is what the uh, the video package dug up on, on Omar Epps. I do think it's interesting that he played uh, a, a doctor so memorably on ER. Went yep. up to, went up playing a doctor so memor- memorably on... Um, I, I honestly, I feel like when you said that, I was like, "Oh, right, he was on House." I, I just, I completely. He was, him. you know, he was really the number two on House. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, House left and he took over House's job, or really Cuddy's job, but he took over as as kind of the head of the hospital. But I do want to note something. I, Clay was was kind enough to use this this Vanity Fair cover as his background. Mm-hmm. So like, I've been looking at it all all day long. Look at Omar Epps and Kate Hudson back to back. First yeah. of all. Aren't they hot? That's a powerful energy there. Aren't they hot? Omar Epps is wearing an all-black turtleneck. Kate Hudson has a gray shirt on, short sleeves. You know, uh, a woman's shirt, so her sleeves Mm -hmm. are very high. Mm -hmm. Um, They, uh, if they ran away together in a movie and did some, any shit, Bonnie and Clyde shit, if I saw those two and I was playing your game, I would have looked at them and I would have said, how do I get those two in a fucking car with a gun in the fucking glove compartment? <laughs> um, so I would have... I, I don't I, disagree. I, now, granted, I didn't have Omar Epps very high on my depth chart, but like, I like what they're giving me a lot right there. I totally yeah, that's, agree. That is a good point. And then Barry Pepper is standing next to them looking lost, like he wandered yeah. in yeah. From, something, <laughs> from something else. <laughs> which, he, which he probably did not. They, I think they, they cobble these together usually, right? Yeah. So, they do now. Yeah. Did they back then? Did Maybe they not. Then? No, but they're, they're all they Frankenstein him now, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah, for the, sure. Like the v- v- Vanity Fair cover with every person who's ever been in a Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, we're gonna. And then they're like, that? oh, we've never met. I don't. This, this, oh yeah, we're gonna. Phil, it's not just gonna be Hollywood issues. They're all so no, of course, of, of, yeah, course, right. of course. Cool. Go ahead. Here, here's a question. This is the Vanity Fair podcast now. I will say that Omar Epps would have been my next pick. Yeah. Um, here's my question. Do you think that the direction everyone was given was don't smile? Don't you dare oh, smile? Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. it is the person cl- coming closest to smiling is Monica Potter. And she's doing kind of quite frankly, a Julia Roberts sort of like holding in the smile sort of thing. Yeah. Everyone else is just, Oh, Barry's kind of smiling. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. Barry's happy. They're all so there. angry. <laughs> Reese has that look. I always forget, like, the, the, the public perception of Reese at this point must be just wild, so wildly different than what we have now. Because she had that whole run where she was in rom-coms for a long time. Yep. And then she went into mom, you know, a very spirited mom, but a mom mode. But, like, back then, like, like you said, Kenny, it was, like, freeway and election. It was a, She was just, like, she was the, the tiny blonde girl that yeah. was going to fucking, like, Fuck get you killed. Destroy your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reese, uh, Reese it's, it's interesting. We, I mean, it's going to happen because I think she's the best young actress working. But Reese was Julia Garner at this point, right? Just an excellent mm-hmm. actor, but with a very Southern thing going on where sure. she can play, you know, Julia Garner is playing play, uh, someone from the trailers. Uh, trailer park in Ozark, but she then she's playing the daughter of a diplomat in The Americans. Yep. Um, she's playing a Harvey Weinstein's assistant, so she's playing essentially a Hollywood role, but it all has that same kind of like feral cat energy, right? Yeah. And totally. Reese brought that to her earlier roles too, which is why in Cruel Intentions, the 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 movie that Clay is sporting on his shirt, shirt I also yep. have, mm-hmm. um, she 
it took a second to for me to buy her or understand that she was you know the daughter of privilege you yeah. know kind of this midwest royalty thing coming in with you know all this virtue i seen freeway crazy shit happens in that movie so and yeah, she theater. cruel intentions absolutely seems like a movie she would have been in but at that point you would have expected her to be the sarah michelle geller that's right role so uh, i mean well we talked about this on the cruel intentions podcast yeah uh that at the time, I think it would have made more sense to reverse that casting, but they were both, I mean, particularly Sarah Michelle Gellar, they were both so incredible in the yeah. roles that it was the right move. But yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar it's, had It's so thing. interesting to look at her filmography. She's another one who, so the one-two punch of, of um, not to talk about, you know, Reese Witherspoon, but because uh, we already, she was already picked, but um, the one-two punch of Legally Blonde into Sweet Home Alabama is sort of this moment where it's like she could have ascended towards America's Sweetheart. She was America's Sweetheart in that moment, right? She could have had the Julia Roberts career. And then she makes the concerted effort to do Walk the Line. She wins the Oscar, and it sort of sends her down a path, more mom-like roles, I guess, but I don't know. And I would say... I think, and this is kind of lame analysis, but uh, you know, she could have been the next Julie Roberts, but she is the first Reese Witherspoon. And I think this Reese yeah. Witherspoon, the producer, actually Correct. is like a Correct. really interesting sure. way to go. Sorry, Clay. I also think that she's tremendous and wild. I think she's yeah. amazing in that yeah. film. And I, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from her as an actor. I think she's phenomenal. I just think it's interesting that there's this kind of fork in the road. She makes a decision to sort of to to buck what everyone was expecting her to do, which was. I imagine just a series of rom-coms and instead follows it up with, you know, an Oscar winning performance and walk the line, which I should rewatch. Um, and it's just interesting. But is, is she, she had more, I feel like um, Reese at, at that, at her inflection point had more options of ways to go. And maybe that just, that choice overwhelmed her. Like Julia Roberts never had the um, R rated indie dangerous energy that Reese kicked her career off with. Um, and then Reese was just as successful in a handful of rom-coms as Julia Roberts was. And then they won their Oscars. And actually, Julia Roberts kind of had a weird career after her Oscar. For also. sure, she did. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's that, 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 that Oscar. I mean, it's been talked about. Kenny, you made the point about usually a Best Actor Oscar solidifies an actor and they can just, they just kind of coast on respect for the rest of their careers. And more often than not, it is the opposite. Not true for, for Best Actress. For actresses. If you win yeah. Best Actress, it almost becomes a, like a, you know, being on the uh, cover of Madden. It becomes a curse. Well, I'll tell, <laughs> uh, uh, it's interesting because a lot of the time, particularly when a younger actress wins Best Actress, this was very clear with Halle Berry, very clear with Jennifer Lawrence, very clear with a lot of, lot of younger actors. There is then that expectation that they're going to make some kind of leap, mm-hmm. right? Leap to what? I mean, leap to, literally leap to what? Julie Roberts can't go any higher. Sandra Bullock can't go any higher. But there is this expectation that they're going to make some leap. And then I think that there's a lot of pressure put on them to pick and choose the right role. Uh, moving forward, which you don't see with actors usually because actors tend to win these awards in their 40s, 50s, 60s when their career's already been solidified. Adrian Brody is an exception where Adrian Brody was treated the way the best actresses are usually treated, which is, all right, you got your Oscar, but you're only 29. Wow us, you know? And that was probably a lot for him to handle. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet is screwed. (laughs) Uh, Keep doing yeah. what you're doing, Timmy boy. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. We are in all our right. last round. And to recap, right. and I think this is worth a recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil has Sarah Polly, Tandy Newton, Adrian Brody, Julie Styles, and Omar Epps. Clay has Reese Witherspoon, Giovanna Ribisi, Monica Potter, Kate Hudson, and Barry Pepper. And still on the board, Vanessa Shaw, Norman Reedus, Lily Sobieski, and Anna Friel. Um, so, Phil, yep. with your sixth and final pick, who will be rounding out your cast? <clears throat> um, I'm going with Norman Reedus. Um, this was this was, and, and I think this speaks perhaps uh, to uh, the lane that they both reside in. This was my Barry Pepper slot. Sure. So I, I think that that they have a similar vibe. Um, you know, I, I think that you know we talked a little bit. You know, obviously uh, vaguely about Norman Reedus earlier a little bit. Um, perhaps the most bankable of my cat. <laughs> at this current stage no question about it <laughs> um which you know listen i'm fine with that um he's uh you know clay's obviously listened to our episode on boondock saints so he knows how we feel about norman mm, Reedus yes. to a certain degree um but you know for people that maybe haven't heard it we're not really fans of that movie um, yeah, it's because it's a bad. It's because it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a bad. Yeah. It's a bad movie. It's the baddest. It's a bad movie. It's the baddest movie. It's the Donald Trump of movies. Um, <laughs> and geez. no, Love Stinks is the Ooh. Donald Trump. Come on, brother. That might be true. That might be true. But my, my the Donald the, the the Norman Reedus of it all is uh, is interesting, which is that he he makes Boondock Saints. I'm sure that the video package will speak to this. Um, but then he he reemerges in arguably the biggest television show or one of the biggest television shows still on TV. Um, I think he's got a really interesting energy. Um, I think he's got that like strong silent type that, that I think is kind of cool. Um, and it will work well, I think in, in my film. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, I think he, I think he rounds out this cast uh, to uh to a T. Phil, I'm curious, have you seen like, as he's been on the walking dead, it seems like every yeah. other year he makes a like, uh, um, <laughs> like um oh like a Tribeca film festival movie where he plays a plays a guy with like a rusty pickup truck or something. Have you seen any any I, of these? I can't say that I've seen any of those, but I have seen clips or segments of what feel like the various unscripted shows he makes about cars or motorbikes. <laughs> so <laughs> Norman Reedus known for taking darker roles Reedus's 1999 consisted of the bleak 8mm and the weak Boondock Saints throughout the he was an 8mm yes <laughs> throughout the next decade Reedus starred primarily in small suspense movies with titles like Until the Night and Antibodies showing up in films like American Gangster to play Detective in Morgue. That is, until 2010, when the role of Daryl Dixon in The Walking Dead resuscitated his career by making him an unlikely hero and perhaps a little more likely a sex symbol, even though Daryl started just as a recurring character. Though Reedus has a... Whatever. I don't know what I was saying here. Reedus has at least one more season of The Walking Dead coming his way. So the only interesting little tidbit that uh, that I got with Reedus uh, and walking down with I mean, this guy's never been done anything. He like like he's not a he's not an actor. He was willing to take Detective and Morgan movies, but he 
was such a fan of The Walking Dead that he was willing to go read for any part in the pilot, period. Wow. Wow. Um, he wound up reading for Merle, and mm-hmm. he wasn't right for Merle. They gave him the role of Daryl, who was just a walk-on character, wasn't necessarily even going to survive. And uh, and he got that role, and he was a recurring in season one. By season two, he was fourth on the the um, titles, Crazy. and by season three, he was second. So he he really did kind of take over that show mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think i've seen an actor do since cody on step by step i i would i also would say i mean I, i've never seen step by step but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say talk about controlling your fucking destiny do you know what i mean like this mm-hmm. guy's like i love this fucking show like this is a rare thing right where someone's like i love this thing i love this i need to be a part of this he's he's you know to your point kenny he's you know detective in morgue like he's basically no one and he works his way onto this thing and it makes him a fucking giant star like yeah. i just i think it's great just loved by yeah. 20 million people him. in this country it's great like he is their messiah <laughs> so that's an amazing thing that he's that he's pulled off yeah. I mean, the fact that we know his name yeah um and the only time i had ever seen him before was in that god awful abomination <laughs> um boondock saints and the really good documentary made about it overnight yeah, well, Clay, what's your feelings on this pick? Honestly, I of, of all the people on this list, the only <laughs> the only person I have fewer feelings about uh, than Norman Reedus is Vanessa Shaw, and that's just because I don't I can't say that with any certainty that I've seen Vanessa Shaw in anything. You have, but what though? <laughs> Lady you've seen her in Eyes Wide Shut. Well, oh, true. she is in Eyes Wide Shut. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That yes. is I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. Um, no, Norm, I'm not a Walking Dead fan, so I mean, I admire as like Phil's story um, in and of itself made me sort of like Norman Reedus. Uh, mm-hmm. I just like cool, good for good for this guy. Um, but I have no f- affection for that show, uh, nor do I have any read on his talents um, because of that show. The only thing I know about him is that he's married to Diane Kruger, I think. Yes, um, which also, hey, good for him. Uh, but yeah. I there there was not a spot for him in my cast, so uh, uh, I'm I'm glad that Phil found a place for him. So uh, I'm beginning know. to think that that, and maybe I'm wrong because obviously you know Clay still has one more pick. Mm-hmm. But I'm beginning to wonder if the 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 two eyes wide shut cast members are going to be the two sitting on the bench. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see right now. When Clay makes the twelfth and final suggestion, she is later in here, guys. <laughs> Selection of the first ever Vanity Fair cover draft. Yes, Clay, who do you pick? So, like I said, uh, Omar Epps was going to be my final pick. Now, this is because I've we've I've, I've filled in five parts here, and the sixth part is one I was sort of vacillating between two different characters, like who was going to be number six on the call sheet and then who was, was, was going to be left off. And they were completely different energies. So I was like, okay, depending on who's left at the end, one of these characters will get foregrounded and one will, will uh, be left off of, uh, off of the top six. Um, at one point there was going to be a detective, which would have been Omar Epps, but that's not happening. So Ladies for the can't other- be detectives. That's true. Yeah. Well, that, 
When you hear the pitch, you'll see why this other, this replacement character... Uh, can't wait, can't uh, wait. <laughs> ...got brought to the foreground. Um, uh, Phil, I hate, to, I hate to defy your prediction, but I'm going to pick Lily Sobieski. Oh, Lily Sobieski. <laughs> uh, I am overjoyed that you picked Lily Sobieski because she has the most interesting video package of the entire draft. <laughs> I also just want to say... Um, and I think you might, I don't know if it was you that pointed this out when I post, I think I posted the photo of this on Twitter or something. Anna Friel is the one that everyone's like, who is that? And oh. it's not because they don't know who Anna Friel is. It's because it doesn't look like Anna Friel. No, no. Unrecognizable. <laughs> but anyway, um, I digress. I, so, uh, Clay, do you want to, you want to talk about Lily real fast? I do. Um, <laughs> Lily Sobieski is super fucking weird. I don't... I don't think she's a, a very, um, uh, uh, I think she is talented in a very narrow way. I don't think that she is, uh, what is the word uh, when someone has talents in multiple lanes? She is. Breadth? Uh, she has no breadth to her, to or lay, breadth, or. Um, she, she's, uh, uh, she's not multi-talented. She's not, uh. She's not a jack of all trades. She doesn't have varied skills. I think yeah, she correct. does one thing. Wait till you hear what about is her. that? Wait till you hear a video package before you can <laughs> before you say that. Okay. Do you want to jump in with the video package? <laughs> <laughs> Lily Sobieski had a about a di- as disparate a 1999 as an actor can have, playing a kept child prostitute in Eyes Wide Shut, and a chaste nerd in Never Been Kissed, as well as her Emmy-nominated title role in the CBS film Joan of Arc. Sobieski worked steadily throughout the aughts in films like The Glass House, The Wicker Man, and Public Enemies, but hasn't had a credited role in TV or film since 2012, outside of a film released in 2016 but shot in 2010. Instead, she has shifted to a career in the finer arts under the name Lily Kimmel, where her abstract work in paint and sculpture has gotten positive reviews, <laughs> reminiscent of Basquiat and Cy Twombly. Whoa. Is it real? Lily Sovieski is now a visual artist named Lily Keller who has gotten good reviews for her literally absurd art. Like, it is, it is, it is the knockoff Basquiat, not, and knockoff Basquiat stuff. Um, but, she did it. She she has she has she has completely transitioned away from um from film. So this will be her comeback role. Incredible, incredible. Um. Oh yeah. One, Phil. I would like to commend b- b- both of us on uh on bringing having uh, creating so many comeback roles in our in our two films. It's true. Um, it's true. We we are Tarantinoing out like crazy with these movies. Um. Yeah. Lily Sobieski yeah. is not someone that I admire as a performer i think she has a very 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 specific strange energy phil keeps rubbing his face like lily sobieski is a listener to this podcast no not at all i'm just trying to like i'm i'm trying honestly to process like that that she has really any range like i'm just but anyway she is she's been in a lot of different things and always has the same kind of strange dead behind the eyes energy which which which, when it is cast specifically, yeah. is very effective. And again, it's specifically her weird, dead-eyed 
uh, Wicker Man energy is what I am casting her for. So uh, uh, that's that is why I am picking Lily Sobieski. Guys, also I want to use her art in the movie, and if she's in it, it's way less I also, expensive. Yeah. I also so. just want to say that 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 Lily had a line in Eyes Wide Shut that was cut. Mm-hmm. where she whispers in his ear and she basically whispers in Tom Cruise's ear, you should get a specific type of cape or whatever. Um, but it's better that we don't hear what she says. And she just gives him this like look and she's like backing upwards. To your point, she's got this like sort of weird possessed porcelain Aloof. doll she's, she's thing. She's somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. She's somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm going to go ahead, read out the, the teams. You guys will have a, a moment or two to offer traits. Or consider dropping someone on your team or your cast uh-huh. for the people on the bench. So, okay. Phil, you have Sarah Polly, Tandy Newton, Adrian Brody, Julia Stiles, Omar Epson, Norman Reedus, and Clay. <laughs> you have Reese Witherspoon, Giovanni Rivizi, Monica Potter, Kate Hudson, Barry Pepper, and Lily Sobieski. And sitting in the green room still is Anna Friel and uh, Vanessa Shaw. So, Clay, because you went first, I'm going to give Phil the first opportunity to. Pick up anybody on the bench. Would you like to drop anybody in your team and pick up either Ms. Shaw or Ms. Friel? I mean, I love Anna Friel. I was a big I Pushing Daisies fan. Um, so and I was I, a little bit, yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm actually quite surprised that these two actresses, I thought, were both in your wheelhouse. So, and, and, I mean, Anna Friel is de- definitely, you know, on some level could have um, could have played the Julia Stiles role in, in, in my film. But, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my cast. Clay? I, <clears throat> the Lily Sobieski role could go one of two different energies. And if I wanted to go a more disarming, kind of pleasant energy, which may, would also be an interesting way to go, I could go for Anna Friel. Honestly, I tended towards people whose work I am more familiar with. Like, I just, I have not seen Pushing Daisies, uh, to my great shame, uh, and nor have I seen Land of the Lost, to my slightly less great shame. <laughs> uh, and, and like I said, I, I, until you reminded me she was in Eyes Wide Shut, I couldn't place Vanessa Shaw at all. So I, both of them, I'm sure, uh, have more range than Lee Sobieski, no but question. I'm just, I, I'm going with a known quantity. And, uh, so I will not be making any any so, any so, pick, so pickups the, from free agency. So Ms. Friel and Ms. Shaw can now leave the green room and return to their families. Losers. Um, would you would you guys like to offer each other trades? Is there any anyone you are feeling the other guy ha- has that may be beneficial to your cast? And maybe there's an interesting trade you'd like to propose. The only rule is you have to trade even quantities sure okay sure um honestly kenny i'm i'm looking at my cast and i am having a hard time conceiving of a way this could have gone better i'm very pleased cool. with i'm cool. very pleased nice with who i have uh here here on in my cast that sounds like you will neither be either offering a trade nor be receptive to any trade that Phil would offer you. I'm not inclined to. If if Phil were it's just unlikely. If Phil were say to to offer me Tandy Newton, I would maybe yeah, no. I would go out of no. my way to try and make her fit uh, in my cast for almost anybody. But like I said, I, I, I outside of that, I'm I'm not, I'm not inclined to uh, to trade. There will be there will be no such offer. 
<laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, very quickly run down my depth chart where I saw the, uh, the, the cast going into this. Okay. In order, I had Reese Witherspoon, Adrian Brody, Kate Hudson, Tandy Newton, Sarah Polly, Barry Pepper, Giovanna Ribisi, Omar Epps, Julia Stiles, Norman Reedus, Monica Potter, Lili Sobieski, Anna Friel, and Vanessa Shaw. I too saw Anna Friel and Vanessa Shaw as the two weakest players on the board. I knew someone would get stuck with Lili Sobieski. Um, I think Monica Potter was a bit of a reach, Clay. What can I say? We'll see how you, we'll see how you use her in your, in your draft. Um, and I think my favorite pick of the whole draft was, was Kate Hudson. Um, I do think if Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson with the, the eighth overall pick uh, in the fourth round was very strong. Yep. I think Kate Hudson can sell a movie in 2020. In that was a steal. I, I, I feel I feel lucky that I that I got away with getting Kate I'd Hudson. I say that was the, the pick of the draft, and she's also talented. So, um, guys, at this point, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm beginning I, to regret that I didn't snag Kate Hudson. Sooner, I'm gonna but, I'm know. gonna I'm gonna give you guys the option to take uh, five minutes to look over your pitch if you want to, or if you guys feel like you can go ahead and do it right now, um, please do uh, whatever you guys want. I mean, it depends on how detailed. We're just doing yeah. like an like an elevator pitch, right? We're talking. Yeah, no, yeah, talking my, three my, minutes here. Yeah, mine is mine is brief, but I, I, I but you're the guest, Clay. So so feel free to go first. Do you, uh, do you have a <laughs> thank do you. Do you have a title? Uh oh, we're starting with me. Yes, Clay. My title is Parents Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. We're okay. listening. Okay. So. Uh, Two sets of uh, couples, Reese Witherspoon and Kate Hudson and Monica Potter and Barry Pepper, uh, are best, best bud, best bud couples. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that works. Whose whose children, who are also best buds, are off at a summer-long summer camp. Uh, and they host, this is one of those, like, you know, I don't even know if these exist anymore. This may be more of like a sixties thing, but it's a, it's a, you know, um, fucking, uh, parent trap esque your kids go away for the whole summer kind of summer camp. There is, there's a parents weekend where the parents are invited to come, uh, stay the weekend at, at the camp in the middle of the camp, see how things are going. Uh, when our two couples played by Reese Witherspoon and Kate Hudson, uh, Reese Witherspoon, the more kind of like you know, buttoned up professional mom. And then Kate Hudson is a little bit more of the freewheeling mom. Uh, And then Monica Potter and Barry Pepper, who are just very parenthood energy, uh, show up for Parents Weekend. They start to realize that there's something not quite right with their children. Uh, And then they notice there's something not quite right with kind of most of the children. Uh, They meet some (laughs) other parents there at the weekend. Um, Eventually, parents start disappearing. Uh, The camp is run by Creepos, Giovanni Ribisi, and Lili Sobieski. Um, And it's it's basically like an invasion of the body snatchers, uh, disturbing behavior kind of thing, where the parents have to figure out uh, what happened to their children, why people are dying, what's going on at this camp, uh, Parents Weekend. 
It's a and classic. They're buds. I want to reiterate that they are they're all they're all very It's a good classic buds. buddy comedy. Classic that's, buddy comedy. <laughs> that's funny. It's like a it's like a good couple. It's got like an Edgar Wright vibe. It's a dark comedy. I uh, uh Clay for the great. first speech in the history of this podcast, you really set yeah. the bar high. You thank did. you for thank you for bringing it as hard as you did, sir. Oh yes, no, I appreciate no worries. that very much. Phil, oh god, you're up. Do you have a title? Uh, I do. So my 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 uh, pitch is a remake, actually, uh, or 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 I guess a movie remake of um, uh, the television show Space 1999, uh, which feels appropriate. For mm-hmm. you know, obviously a myriad of reasons, um, but in this remake we have Helena Russell played by uh, Sarah Pauly, who is sent to is sent to uh, Moonbase Alpha to lead the medical department, and quickly learns that her ex wife Jane Koenig, played by Tandy Newton, has also been sent there to captain this base. Uh, but when a group of revolutionaries against the sort of corporatization of the moon, led by Adrian Brody and Julia Stiles sneak onto this moon-based research center to ignite these sort of fantasy crystals, if you will, um, being stored on the dark will, side Phil, of the moon. I, I, I will for you. I will. <laughs> uh, these, this, this sort of this storage of these fantasy crystals are on the dark side of the moon. Um, however, when it explodes, the force of this blast propels the moon like a booster rocket, hurling this... Uh, this sort of the moon, if you will, out of the Earth's orbit and into deep space, stranding our personnel stationed on this moon base, including chief pilot Alan Carter, played by Omar Epps, and the head of security, uh, Tony Verdeshi, played by Norman Reedus. And the show is sort of this runaway moon becomes the spacecraft as our heroes and villains travel around the universe in search of a new home. So essentially, it's this like, idea of a terror of, of sort of i don't want to say terrorists but like sort of anti-establishmentarians that are forced to live with these scientists mm-hmm. and you know the it's like uh lost like in space the, uh, meets solaris with a dash like, of uh, arlington road it's like uh, star trek voyager a little bit little would bit. you say you you pitched a, a television show phil no i would say that i pitched a movie based on this television show you said the show would, is so i just just sorry, sorry my apologies my apologies mm-hmm. uh it is it is not a tv show it is a movie based on this television show uh and this film will be written and directed by ryan johnson so oh, i think what that, a get what yeah, a get <laughs> it's a pr- it's a pretty big get and so man. you know yeah. well i mean you said uh you said clay um it's like an edgar wright movie would you like to go ahead and hire him look if edgar wright is available <laughs> oh he is every every director in the history of the world <laughs> And space and time is available. Uh, yes. In that case, I would very much like Edgar Wright to join uh, Parents Weekend. And uh, directed by okay. Ryan Johnson. Okay. These are two really great projects, guys. I have no <laughs> doubt. Um, I, I think they're uh, pretty solid. I think they're frankly. great. I think both, I think both, uh, both are going to do great. I, I understand what you're going for with your Sarah Polly thing. I think she would make a fantastic... Uh, space operatic lead. Um, fortunately, you didn't get space opera, which is actually not one of the genres because I thought it was too limiting. What do I know? Um, you know and, what, though, uh, Kenny, Edgar Wright already did an Invasion of the Body Snatchers type. You want to hire someone else? I just worried he won't want to repeat himself. Like he, at, at, uh, World's End is a spectacular uh, Invasion of the movie. Body Snatchers. It, it really doesn't matter what Edgar Wright wants. It, what matters is what Ke- Clay Keller wants. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah. 
<laughs> you sorry i am man, telling going, you i am telling you right now wild, my friend you can hire this man all right uh all right. Do, kenny thank you for giving me the confidence of course to, to stick with my first okay. choice that, that's that's why i'm here um so guys uh that's it parents weekend versus space 1999 find us on uh twitter at podcast like 1999, where you can vote for either Phil Iscoves, Iscoves, Space. Sorry, bro. It's it's eleven fifteen. Space yeah. 1999, directed by Ryan Johnson, or Clay yep. Keller's Parents Weekend, directed by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, you've both put together a tremendous cast. We'll put those casts online as well. Uh, I think in was- uh, in December, when this drops, we will uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, in December, when you're all listening to this, this is our Christmas episode. Um, uh, we also next week have. Zach Bornstein coming on to talk about Office Space. Mm-hmm. So we have Ooh. that, which is a uh, big movie exciting. coming up. Yeah, Office it's Space is a big one. Big flick. Do you have thoughts on Office Space, Clay, while we have you? Office Space, I respect more than I really love, yeah. but yeah. I, I have not seen it since I was, you know, I don't know, 15 or 16, which is not the ideal <laughs> amount of life experience. And, sure, uh, you know, sure. now that I'm, I'm older and I've actually like worked jobs and things, I feel like I would get a lot of the more subtle comedy in. Office I'm excited space. to rewatch it. I have a similar feeling to you. I watched it when it came out. I was like, this is funny, but I'm not sure that it's totally my thing, but I have a feeling I'm going to like it this time around. Right. I'm like, we'll I was like, Oh, you know, um, what do they call it? The cheer or whatever they make her put on her outfit. I was like, Oh, that's like, Blair, I think is what Blair. they call yeah, it. Like, Blair, oh, yeah. That's funny, I guess, but like having no personal experience <laughs> to connect Never to. Never had it. a job, so like, I, yeah, I think Office yeah. Space, you really need that. I've seen uh, Office Space uh, 15,000 times. Uh, I, think <laughs> I think it's one of the finest comedies ever made. I and can't wait. it was on my pre podcast top 10 of 1999. Ooh. Uh, I'll be very surprised if it's not on my post podcast. I think it's leaps and bounds the best comedy. In 1999, the best pure comedy. I mean, give or take an election. Yeah. Um, and I this love was it. Great. This I went really well. I got. I got to be honest with you, Kenny. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how this was going to go, mm-hmm. but you know, it's this the went format, great. bro. Clay, you were fantastic. Thank I mean, you, honestly, Oh, thank was, you, guys. No, was, um, I am honored that you uh, that you, you brought me around. around. Yeah. For the for the uh, in, in inaugural version of, of, of this <laughs> yeah. of this mode of the show, and I thought actually it did. I feel I agree. It I think it, it went it went very well. I thought it was very fun. I and I like you know I, I like um, Kenny. You, you said you were going to have people kind of have a day to kind of come up with their genre or their pitch or whatever. Because I picking specific people in my head for specific roles. That's yep. the way it would be in real life. Was so, was fun yeah. for me. Yeah, I think I think if we if, if you want to if we want to do a little a uh, little workshopping real fast mm-hmm. because my, why not we're two hours into the podcast <laughs> I think moving forward we will let the people know what genre or pick the genre beforehand and yeah. formulate the pitch with their six characters or five characters or however many it is um, I, I I I no offense to you Phil but um, there are multiple like kind of uh, genres that are specific remakes or reboots or things like that that so we might pull i might want to pull out um the ip but i'm not sure i definitely told you go at go for it all ip in the world so nothing there but as i was making the genres it did feel like you know there's a there's a remake in there there's a reboot there's a literary um adaptation there's a video game adaptation so things like that Mm. i do think that there's like fun to be had uh if people get those categories 
that yep. maybe should be kept to those categories. Yep. Um, aside from that, like, I'm pretty fucking happy, guys. You did a great <laughs> job, and you were totally game, which, you know, yeah. the, it, the game's only as good as the players. I, I will say this, though. The, the swap at the beginning really was key. Because if I was baked sure. into a comedy, I, it, I, don't, I don't know what my that would have oh, been. Oh, yeah, Kenny, if, if I had had to come up with a fantasy film, <laughs> the, end of, the end of this show would have been a nightmare. <laughs> I, I, recognized, I recognized pretty quickly that if I want this to be a success, I was going to have to call it audible. Yeah. So I'm it happy worked I did. Out. It worked and, out. Uh, it and I'm, I'm thrilled, guys. I'm, I'm really, yeah, truly overjoyed. Clay, if you have any ideas uh, or any concerns or any thoughts in the coming days, weeks, or months, let me know. <laughs> because I want this to be a, a, a fun game. Just oh about the game okay gotcha oh, yeah about the game I thought yeah. you were just giving me like an open emotional availability <laughs> offer that's actually true yeah that's that that's that's really what I that's what I want to be for people so <laughs> have that as well but um, uh, yeah but just in general if yeah as as a fellow gamesman um, yeah. as a fellow fellow puzzlesmith. Um, I <laughs> and I should say, yeah, Kenny. I, I I will say, as somebody who is is in the second year uh, or going into the third year of of hosting a game podcast with a similar kind of outline, uh, I think you did a tremendous job in your first time out out of the gate. Thank Excellent job much. with 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 the rules. The clip the clip packages are essential. Um, uh, uh, it it was a great time. I I, I had a blast. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week for Office Space. And uh, and I guess that's that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.